of the bad decisions came from wanting to provide. You told me he was working. I believed him. You want to do this. I need you to commit to this. Get plenty of doing. No, you can't do both. He disrespected my house. That wasn't my son. You understand me? Oh, yeah. Having to sell drugs on the corner to this? To, yes, this. Uh, we do the similar thing, only it's hot takes on media. Nailed it. Nailed it. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. Oh, me? I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, me? I'm Brian Brushwood. And absolutely nothing interesting happened in the last two weeks. Thank goodness we're here to provide some insight and to talk about uh, this week's new featured uh, thing that's happening that it says the words to this twice, which was very confusing. <laughs> huh? Uh, Bryce in the document marks like what the out point is. Oh, uh-huh. but, but the phrase to this happened twice. And, and oh, I, I almost oh, jumped no. in at the wrong oh. moment. <laughs> I... Oh, sorry. So that was a clip from Biggie. I got a story to tell, which is coming to Netflix March 1st. It's a documentary about Notorious B.I.G. Uh, growing up in New York and becoming like the biggest name in rap uh, before his untimely death. Uh, it includes interviews with the people who were close to him at his time at the time, including his mother, I believe. And it focuses on Biggie's, quote, life rather than the circumstances of his death, unquote. That's March which is 1st. great. Honestly, I'm a big fan of Biggie and you don't get enough about what he actually did. It's mm. always about the beef. It's always about the, the, the deaths and the circumstances. So I'm, I'm excited to watch this. Yeah. yeah I think I was either uh, at the end of college or I just graduated around the, uh, the, the newsmaking headlines of that era. So as a result, I only know the newsmaking headlines of that, of that era because you, you tend to fold inward. During, uh, uh, but uh, uh, wait, uh, you know, yeah, you never went to college. Stop watching TV and stuff. Oh, yeah. No, like, yes, like, yes, yes. You stop paying attention to things that aren't yourself mm -hmm. when you're in college. And that's where I was at that time. Let's change to the more important topic of who our special guest is today. Oh, he's notorious and he's big in our hearts. Ayaz Akhtar, welcome back to the show. <laughs> so hey, smooth. my fine feathered friends. How are you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, I, I did, we didn't mean to lay on the peer pressure about uh, about wearing hats on this episode, but uh, I'm glad that somebody had a spare hat to, th to throw your way. Yeah, thankfully, my wife decided to throw me a hat, and I was not aware that it was going to happen. Got hit in the leg, and I was shocked because I thought something had fallen in the studio. So, thanks, Liz. It's a bit weird that the hat <laughs> says, the Empire did nothing wrong. Is that what you're reading it as? I, think uh, my, I, my I, I just know that we're issues. all supposed to hate uh, 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 the New York Yankees. That's okay. You guys can hate. <laughs> I've uh, I've always um, I've always admired Ayaz's fandom of of the New York Yankees. Him mm -hmm. being from New York. <laughs> That's part of it. It's a bold take. Bold take yeah. to be from New well, York I'm, and also a Yankees fan. I'm from Queens, so technically I'm against Queens. Queens you are is against to be Mets country. regional type, right? Yeah, because yeah, so you were born after the Mets. Mets. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, um, well. We've got lots of good things to catch up on. Let's start with Roku in our primary target. Uh, good news for Roku. Revenue rise of 58% in the fourth quarter ended 2020 with 51.2 million active accounts. That's up 39% over 2019. The ad-supported Roku channel, which remember, you can get on your phone. You don't have to have a Roku device doubled its audience, reaching an estimated 61.8 million people in Q4. 
So if you're like, wait a minute, they only have 51.2 million active accounts, but they reached 61.8 million people. That's because more people are watching the Roku channel than have Roku's. Uh, streaming hours on Roku hit an all-time high of 17 billion hours in Q4, up 55% on the air. So they're not just launching the app, they're watching stuff. Roku now makes most of its money on ads, uh, as well as subscriptions. It's all in one uh, one account, but most of that's from ads. Uh, that business grew 81% in Q4, doubling year over year. Roku still does make money off selling its devices. Uh, device revenue rose 18%. 38% of all smart TVs sold in the United States in 2020 were models with Roku in it. The company did not comment on its acquiring Quibi content or the prospect of ordering more seasons of that comment competent, which it has the option of doing. But Roku did publish a job listing for a lead production attorney to serve as lead production attorney for original episodic and feature length productions. So things like uh, handling option purchase agreements, script acquisition, life rights agreements, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so at least for the Quibi stuff, they're hiring someone in-house to handle possible renewals and extensions and and all of that. Uh, and it could lead to more Roku original content. Roku did mention growing traction in Mexico, Brazil, Canada, the UK, and Ireland, uh, with plans to expand to more countries than that uh, later this year. But I, I guess my takeaway from this, Brian, is Ro Roku's an ad company now. Boy, and they're crushing it. And and all I want to do in my gut is, uh, as if I want to chase junk food, is speculate wildly about what they're going to do with Quibi. But if they're not saying anything, I'm not going to speculate about it. But instead, I, I do find it fascinating that, that we've always been kind of on the bleeding edge uh, on this show of the cord-killing environment. But in this case, weirdly, we're so far into it. I'm trying to count the number of times I ever, I ever in the wild, whether it be my family, my loved ones, new televisions or whatever that I run into to, to Roku. And it's only in, in passing, but obviously like when a tidal wave comes in, we of course on this show are surfing at the very front of it, but, but the bulk of the, the wave is now hitting and Roku just has a dominant position in that. Uh, what about you? I how often do you, do you, do you swim in the Roku waters? You know, at this point, Roku is kind of fallen by the wayside since I really like my Shield Android TV. But because I was prepping for the show, I actually tried out my Roku for the first time in a long time. And I will say that the selection they had on the Roku channel was pretty good. A lot of good content, classic television, some trash TV that I love, and some good movies. So I, I was really surprised to see that they were doing this. I could see that people getting their televisions now and getting a Roku TV, and they're seeing the Roku channel pre-installed, they might try it out versus... You know, us who've had Roku's back when they were like, they were called the Netflix player. That was about it. Um, so we might not be as apt or not apt. We're not, more, we're not going to go to the Roku channel for our content. We know where to go. But I think a lot of people are trying it out because it's another free venue. I will say I'm, this does make a lot of sense because it's only how long can you be building streaming boxes? Maybe like another four or five years? Sure, sure. Well, well. Uh Tom, you could maybe just demystify this for me. Uh, I know that Roku makes money from its ads. And I know that when I plug in a new TCL television and it boots to the Roku menu, uh, menu I see some number of ads going by. But it occurs to me that when I'm setting up those televisions, in my mind, I assume it's like I'm looking for HBO Max, I'm scrolling through pages or whatever. Um, I assume like, well, I'm not seeing any ads, but almost certainly they're being paid by all of them for placement in where they, uh, by all of those individual streamers. And that's something that psychologically, I hadn't really thought about the, the idea of, 
uh, for lack of a better word, subconscious advertising by 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 mere uh, placement advertising um, that that I have participated in Roku advertising and never even noticed it. Yeah, a lot of those ads that you're talking about are the the little banners that fly by, you know, on the screensaver. Right, or, those or are the kind of, ones I notice that that are yeah. happening. Yeah, or they're they're up at the top of the screen when you're looking for things and and might be like, hey, watch this show premiering on Peacock. Some of those I think are part of the deals. Remember, we talked a lot about Roku trying to reach a deal with Peacock, Roku trying to reach a deal with HBO Max. Uh, a lot of parts of those deals are how much of those ads will be included. Like Roku will throw in a, a certain amount of those ads. Some of them are paid as well uh, for particular campaigns. I don't know the breakdown of how much money they get from that. But looking at these numbers, it looks to me like probably a lot of the advertising they're getting is from that Roku channel, from those interstitial ads that play because there are ads in the shows and prior to the shows that you stream off of the Roku channel. So it may not even be that much money coming from those, subs, what you called subliminal ads. Man, and, 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 and th this is, this is definitely a cognitive bias I'm experiencing from my own experience, because if what you're saying is true, then that means like, like by an order of magnitude, there are more casual cord cutters than there are hardcores, uh, which, uh, you know, we're not in, even including everybody who's paid attention to this show and up, uh, but, 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 but like even, you know, a generation or two back. When I was playing with the Roku today, because I was wanting to watch some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now they're actually exclusively right now on the Roku channel. All this news was going on in the wrestling community of where are they going to land? It was the Roku channel, which was a strange thing. But as I was playing around with it, as I'm fast forwarding, there's a giant still ad behind all these little cells that you're seeing that showed off uh, a big Charmin ad. So not only do they have the ads in the actual video, but they have ads on the player as you're just scrolling and scrubbing through. And I thought that was a really great way because normally it's just a freeze frame of the video you're going to watch. But I'm like, that's a really good spot for an ad. And it, I, I don't forget there's a giant Charmin bear under right above, you know, Okada. So that's what was going on. I, I wonder how much money and this now we are going into crazy Brian speculation mode. If I were Roku, I would start accepting checks even before delivering ads based on selling options on future ads. I would point to our market position, our, our market penetration, how many people are about to start using Roku devices, our terms of service and how it allows us to inject ads wherever we want. And I would, I would start just taking checks now and say, and, and say, uh, let us know next quarter, what ads you want to run. Well, and don't forget that Roku also asks if it can please insert ads into your app uh, in, in, in HBO max and Peacock. Uh, and so I don't think you're far off, Brian. I don't think it's that wild for, for them to say, yes, we would like you to write us a check for all of these ads that, uh, we are going to insert into your player and HBO max and Peacock go, no, we're not writing that amount of a check. In fact, we don't really want you to have any ads inserted into our player. It's our player. And then that app is not allowed in the Roku store until they can come to some sort of agreement overall. And that's what I assume is the behind the scenes. Like we've yeah. talked about how HBO max right up until the very last minute was having a face off with Roku. Um, I'm going to bet there was, I, it was not about whether or not there was a technical problem. I'm going to, I'm going to bet it was straight up. Like you're going to write us a check and you're going to be allowed in our club. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, last thing I want to talk about the Roku channel is that I also noticed that you could obviously do a lot of subscriptions from within the channel. So it's almost like this Roku channel is the next generation of the Roku interface. Cause we've had this app, 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 you know, grid for so long. But to see the channel, it looks a little bit more modern. So I'm wondering how long it is before mm -hmm. they'll go whole hog with this if Roku Channel becomes like the thing. But I don't know. It kind of reminded me of 
Google TV with Chromecast or whatever that one is called. Uh, very similar to the or layout. the Apple TV um, app has the same same kind of situation. Yeah, it's super clean. It is super clean versus like the old original Roku thing. So I think uh, we're going to see them either merge or one's going to eat the other or whatever. But yeah, good well, point and, and I, I don't know if I would use the word ad for this, but maybe that is the right word. I just haven't been thinking about it correctly, but I'm going to assume that when I go to HBO Max and install it on my Roku television and then use it, I'm going to assume that Roku gets a taste, even though I never see a single ad inserted, much like, um, uh, 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 you know, when uh, we mentioned a sponsor on Modern Rogue, every time somebody signs up, you know, we get a bounty for, for, for having, uh, quote unquote, captured that, that new, new person. Yeah, some kind of referral is in there. And HBO Max is going to have an ad-supported version at some point. Peacock already does. Roku's definitely getting some kind of cut of that as well. Uh, I I really do see this shaping up to be Roku uh, trying to get good at this game before Google can, uh, because Google is the ad powerhouse and, you know, Google is lagging behind with Android TV, nay, Google TV. Whereas Apple, you're going to see them start doing in this space what they already do in the phone and the computer space, which is saying, we don't monetize you. When you buy an Apple TV, we're not trying to sell you a bunch of ads like Roku is. Usually they're saying that about Google and Facebook, but in this case, I think they'll start saying it about Roku. All right. Now we're at the very fringes of Brian Wild speculation stuff. I can imagine a situation where not only is Roku collecting the checks now and selling options on ads in the future, but maybe even selling more than they know they have the capacity to do, waiting patiently for Google to come knocking on their door and say, hey, bro, I see that you got an awful lot of ads that need to be targeted. Uh, you know, we're pretty good at that. Can we work out a, a, a deal on the back end? I wouldn't be too shocked if they're already using some kind of Google ad tech. It's kind of hard to sell advertising in this world without it. Yeah. Uh, they might not be uh, just because they don't want to involve it. But, you know, Google's such a big company. It's not weird for a company to be competing with Google in one space, but using their technology in another. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, there's no competition for who gets the most attention from us. Me and Tom, we pay attention to only two types of people, us and the people who give us money. And occasionally we hear voices that we disregard that we think are hallucinations that are the rest of you. But the people who give us money are the folks over at patreon.com slash cord killers. That's where you guys keep us loud, live, and independent. Just a buck an episode, man. If you enjoy all of the advice that we bring to you, if you think it's valuable to actually pay for the research, the insights, the wild speculations of a crazy person, then you need to head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. You'll get an advanced feed, including the uh, uh, both of our programs, uh, uh, this one's spoiler in time and after talk. And most importantly, you'll get our full attention the moment you want it. And you'll be our boss. Ah, yes. Hello. Hundred thousand dollar bill. What? You have as much attention as someone who gives me only a dollar. Uh, no, he has less because that hundred thousand bill isn't giving you one dollar. Well, also because this one's fake. Where well, okay, the dollar well, also okay all right. we'll talk about <laughs> investments later <laughs> patreon.com slash cord killers help us solve this with real data from your money now it's time for how to watch netflix launched a feature monday called downloads for you which is going to sound familiar but i'll explain why it's not the same as what you think you may have heard it be. Uh, Downloads for You will automatically choose shows to download for you on your mobile device based on your tastes. So these are things you have not watched 
When you turn the feature on, you tell it whether to store a maximum of one, three, or five gigabytes of content, depending on how much you're comfortable with taking up storage on your device. Downloads take place when you're connected to Wi-Fi, so it's not going to use your data plan. It'll be a mix of movies and the first few episodes of TV shows that Netflix thinks, yeah, you're probably going to like this based on what you've watched in the past. This is different than smart downloads. Smart downloads launched in 2018. That lets you tell Netflix to automatically download shows you're in the middle of watching. So you haven't finished a movie or you're partway through a binge of a TV season. You can have it automatically down the rest of the season or the movie so you can finish it later. Uh, downloads for you is stuff you haven't started watching, but it thinks you might like. The feature is aimed at those who are traveling, uh, so you're on a plane or someplace that you don't have the bandwidth to stream, uh, or you live in a place with an unreliable connection, and you're like, I got the Wi-Fi at home, I'll take this with me, so when I'm out and about, I don't have to worry about that data connection. Does this remind you, God, this is a, 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 a number one, point one. I'm old, you're old, we're all old. Do you guys remember when Net Zero was offering five times faster downloads on web pages and the way it was doing it was by the moment you went to a web page, it would begin automatically downloading any web page you could possibly click on from that web page? Um, it, 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 it upset a lot of data providers because uh, whatever data was quote unquote scarce at the time. But but I wonder if this is some kind of some kind of nudge or nod to the fact that we're entering a post restriction uh, an abundant universe of bandwidth which i know is going to oh, no, be hard is, for this is actually this is actually the opposite of that this is the last gasp of the restricted universe which is you've got a cap on your data when you're mobile or you live in an area that's rural or a country that just doesn't have good coverage and the, and the data goes down or you're going to be traveling on a plane which has restricted bandwidth like this this is you don't need this if there's abundant bandwidth this right. is the but, last but, gas but but you have a well somewhere and it automatically loads you up with water whenever you're near a well and and it does so without even bothering to consult you which would have been which would have upset our own listeners it only that, does it on wi-fi though it, do, it, it does not do it off your data connection okay fair enough so so when when there's a well basically as as opposed to you know a hand pump uh, but 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 i uh, uh i i don't know i feel i i'm trying to uh, uh number one this seems like an easy simple feature it sounds like basically uh, it's the equivalent of and forgive me for i do metaphors uh it's the equivalent of the nudge when it comes to organ donation, where it's like there are some countries that are opt-in on organ donation and others that are opt-out, this is sort of just like, hey, man, enable this feature and we'll take care of you. And you don't really have to think about it. Whereas everything else is like, uh, no, uh, when I'm watching a thing, that's when it uh, happens. Am I alone in that? I'm probably alone in that. I'm kind of lost on the pumps and the wells and everything. But uh, when it comes to these, you know, the, the new version of this download, the downloads for you idea, I think that with... I saw that Bryce had an opinion saying that this makes me insane. It's the same as smart downloads. Yeah, it kind of is. I think that's the, the, the first stepping stone. You got, you know what smart downloads are, and now you know what this is. I know there were times where I'd be somewhat offline or have a really limited connection. I'm on the subway or something, and I just subconsciously go to Netflix for whatever reason, but there's nothing loaded already. So I think it's going to be a little stopgap for those kinds of situations. Also, it just keeps you at Netflix, if you keep changing and, and telling it your opinions, they're gonna get more and more data. You're like, I don't want this show, I want that show. And then you just keep getting better and better recommendations, better downloads, and you just stay at Netflix. I mean, that discovery is really hard to do, so why not do it this way? Yeah, the key, the key here is this isn't new that it's downloading things for you to watch offline. What's new is it's downloading things you haven't watched yet. 
right? Uh, for three years, Netflix has been able to just download what you're already watching and know ahead of time, like, oh, hey, uh, you got smart downloads on. Great. If you find yourself on a plane, uh, you, the next three episodes of that show you've been watching will be there for you. You didn't have to think about that. We talked about that on Cord Killers three years ago. What's What's different here is now when you're on that plane, uh, or you're out, uh, out, you know, away from town uh, where there's no bandwidth. Uh, you will be able to look down at Netflix, and you'll be like, "Oh man, I'm not really watching anything, but still find stuff." Like, "Oh, but it it gave me some things to watch. Let me try this out." So, question: uh, This is still a feature that you have to actively turn on to put into service, right? Yes, they're not opting you into it. You opt in. So, it. it seems to me like the next rung of the ladder would be. Netflix announces partnerships with AT&T, Google Fiber, so-and-so, so-and-so, where it's like it automatically detects that you have an unfettered internet connection and that there's no penalty for just grabbing stuff and putting it on your phone. And so now the new question is, hi, welcome to Netflix. How much of your phone storage would you like to dedicate to just being ready to watch whatever it is we think you're about to watch? I, I get where you're going with that. I don't know that it's worth the complexity of the negotiation since most people will have a Wi-Fi connection at some point that will probably suffice to get them the stuff downloaded. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Mobile um, download also means eating more into your battery. Uh, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, a new partnership with Android, whenever you're plugged in, it'll also go to work using your, your, your uh, Verizon connection to whatever. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I I really think this is honestly myself think this is more about the the prediction aspect of like Netflix always having something that it knows you'll like, uh, because all of the arguments about Wi-Fi and data and when it can connect and when it can download that that all applied to the smart download conversation in 2018 as well. Uh, so so to me, it's like well, apparently even three years later there's still enough demand of people needing to have stuff when they're away from a reliable connection that Netflix wanted to expand this to stuff that it's going to take a gamble you'll like. And this is the part that makes me uncomfortable. If you've read um, uh, Harari's book, Sapiens, and the follow-up, Homo Deus, he talks about the difference of AI, AI bots being uh, oracles, which is predictors of the future. Waze used to be an oracle because it could examine the traffic patterns and tell you which is the shortest way to get from point A to point B. The problem is when everybody uses Waze, Waze, by virtue of deciding what is the shortest path, is actually causing people to go different ways, at which point it becomes a sovereign. And so uh, this is the part that makes me, as my futurist mind, tickle a little bit because I don't know how comfortable I am with it's like, yeah, you got my number, Netflix. You figured out the kind of things I like and you tend to be really good at it. That doesn't mean you have to force me farther into my own bubble. This is the part of the reason I get uncomfortable with, you know, any kind of algorithm being really good at predicting what I want because I'm afraid that I'll become my dad and forced farther and farther into my own bubble. I love you, dad. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the idea that if Netflix put enough smart downloads on everybody's device, it's kind of like when you two had that album on everybody's iPod. It's like, hey, look, the most watched video is Adam Sandler eating a donut because everybody had it on their phone. I don't think it's going to be used like that. I, I seriously think that Netflix is just trying to give another feature to places that aren't as, I would say, like, I don't want to say data rich, but bandwidth rich. Like if you're in, a, mm -hmm. in India or something and using Netflix and you want to watch stuff, Getting a solid connection can be a real pain, but when you have Wi-Fi, download a whole bunch, and then you're not longing for that 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 uh, that awesome data connection. So it's it's almost like a, a read later or some kind of um, even those algorithm 
it's a, uh, algorithmic recommendations. I still think that's good for Netflix's growth overall because I think it's only a matter of time for the other streaming companies to do the same thing because you watch their stuff because they showed it to you. I mean, those if, those... They, if, if they if they want to be worldwide, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's this is an example of Netflix being a worldwide company right now. Uh, so India, Kenya, Nigeria, uh, those are markets where Netflix has huge potential for growth. Is signing all kinds of content details de deals, so it wants to make sure that as many people in those markets can watch its stuff <laughs> with, so whenever they they want to. The part that makes me a little bit prickly is we just talked about Roku getting some kind of ad dollars every time you watch an HBO Max or whatever on there. Um, how uh, do, do, do we presuppose that it's totally just algorithmic and, and there's no humans that are taking any checks for what content gets automatically downloaded? Because, for example, there's got to be some kind of priority. And let's say, for example, Viacom spends a lot of money on a, an amazing magic special or whatever, and they own it and they have a deal with Netflix and they're like, hey, where do you want this placed? Well, we can give you a little bit of a, you know, uh, and the, you'll be the first thing that's downloaded. So the next time somebody's trapped on a train. I don't think that's the way Netflix works, though. I, I, I don't think companies get paid more if it streams more on Netflix. I think Netflix says this is how much we pay you. And that's that's it. Right. It could be it, wrong it, about it, that. It, it would be Viacom paying for for the uh, place. Why would it. Viacom pay for that? Uh, because oftentimes a special is a backdoor pilot. And what they want to do is they want to build it. They want to gin I, up. Again, I don't think it. that's how Netflix is working any of its deals. Uh, I think uh, apologies. Uh, well, let's generalize, generalize. If not Netflix, then maybe somebody else who uses a similar feature. Sure. J just on sure. principle. If it, I, yeah, I, yeah, then we're going off into somebody else yeah, doing this and nobody you're else right, is doing right, this yet. Right. So yeah. I, I I think for this, uh it, it really I don't know. I I, I think this is uh this is Netflix being ahead of the game once again and doing things its own way, uh in a way that in some ways it only works for for Netflix. That to to your point about the algorithm though, to bring it back away from the whole Viacom business deal part of it and and just to that that echo chamber of choice. I get, I'm guessing that it's the same algorithm that recommends things to you when you turn on Netflix, right? And, and I'm betting it is. That that would make the most sense today. What I'm worried about is 10 years from now or whatever. And and mm. maybe maybe this is something that's 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 too amorphous and and we'll kick it out to the fans to write us at cordkillers at gmail.com. Whether or not this is just a hell's yeah, of course, let's do it, or or whether or not like I just I'm terrified. And and this is one of the things Bryce and I, we've talked about this, where I keep insisting on on reading the Reddit all thread because I don't want any kind of customized experience because I'm afraid of being shaped by by yeah. my consumption. Uh, another uh, how to watch story for us today. Apple TV Plus now available on Chromecasts that run Google TV. Some Chromecasts are still running the older Android uh, version, but if they've got the Google TV interface, you can get Apple TV Plus. Uh, Apple TV Plus app, of course, lets you access any purchases from Apple. Uh, so your Apple TV Plus originals, if you're paying for Apple TV Plus somehow, any movies or TV shows that you purchased from what we used to call iTunes, uh, it's just the Apple store, uh, any added channels that you've added to Apple TV Plus, like CBS All Access or BritBox, uh, shows available in Apple TV Plus will also appear in personalized recommendations on the Chromecast and in search results on the Chromecast is, again, long as it's powered by Google TV. Apple TV Plus will also appear on Google TV-powered television sets that are coming out later this year from Sony, TCL, and others. I don't know if this is the last frontier, but it certainly is another step to, you know, confirming that Apple TV Plus is a real boy. Yeah. 
I mean, I was surprised that Apple was allowing Google to like go into their app and be able to pull personalized recommendations. But that's great because one of the good experiences about the, uh, Google TV is that you can ask for a certain show and where it'll find it wherever. And that's another huge problem that we've all talked about of where is that show streaming? And I don't know what it's due. And the fact that this one, this Apple TV Plus app will work with Google's voice search as well. So if you're like, I want to watch C, and it'll find it for you. So I, I really think that's a huge step. And then they'll get that will get people to really try it out because I know Apple TV Plus is a bit of a hard sell. The 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 quantity shows is not really huge, but it's really high quality from what I hear. Uh, when, when it is high quality, it's very high quality. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say all of them are generally high quality. All right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Uh, the, uh, the Justice League uh, press uh, train has left the station and is trying to drum up as much of your hype as possible. Full trailer for the Snyder Cut of Justice League was released February 14th, featuring Darkseid and Jared Leto's Joker. Snyder told Vanity Fair in an article this week he is not being paid for the Snyder Cut, adding, quote, I didn't want to be beholden to anyone, and it allowed me to keep my negotiating powers with these people pretty strong. Zack Snyder's Justice League, of course, coming to HBO Max March 18th. Uh, I asked you, did you watch the, the movie, the theatrical cut? I did. I did watch Justice League, the theatrical cut. And where does that leave you in your excitement for this, <laughs> this Zack Snyder cut? Okay. Uh, the Justice League movie, the theatrical cut, I thought was a committee-based chop them up kind of movies, two different movies or three different movies in one. There's a lot going on. This movie's supposed to be two movies to start with. Uh, I don't know where Snyder's going to take this, but I really would like to see somebody's vision be actually actualized and visualized. I don't want these, okay, well, this won't play in that country and this won't work over there. And that one's got, that Batman should be funny now. It's like, okay, Batman's not funny. Okay, I'm sorry, he's just not. So maybe with morbid curiosity, I'll be watching this when this comes out. Yeah. I mean, all all the things that I've read say that you'll probably like this. Like the the mm -hmm. criticism of Joss Whedon was too scattered, too funny, and Snyder has basically said, "Yeah, uh, nobody's funny anymore, and we've got one villain. It's Darkseid, and that's it." I mean, we have other villains, but they're all in service of Darkseid. I mean, so, if it's huh? going to be dark and gloomy, let's just yeah. Couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Pedro Pascal has been cast as Joel in the adaptation of the game The Last of Us for HBO. This is coming from Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. The game tells the story of Joel, who, if you haven't played the game, uh, has to smuggle a 14-year-old girl out of a quarantine zone. And a lot of other things happen after that. Um, yeah. I asked, did you play Last of Us? No. Did you play Last of Us 2? Uh, no. Okay. Then you probably don't know the, 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 the caution in, in, in my heart. Like I, in general, I admonish people for, um, uh, being scared of being optimistic of things because in general, like for example, the cowboy, cowboy bebop live action thing, I hope is great. I hope, uh, uh you know, the avatar thing will be great if it's still happening. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and I hope this will be great. And that's about as much as I could bring myself to say as somebody who deeply loves both of those games. How do you feel about Pedro Pascal as Joel? I, I feel like it's already a stranger offering me candy in a van. And just because it happens to be Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, my favorite candy, doesn't make <laughs> him any less of a stranger offering me candy from a van. 
All right. All right. That's I, 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 I literally, I seriously understand your perfectly. Yeah. Cause I do right metaphors, now. Tom. I'm me, Brian yeah. Brushwood. I do King metaphors. Of metaphors. Uh, Hey, I, you make a metaphor out of the end of, of uh, pretending like we're still living in the 1960s. NBC has decided it will air the opening ceremonies of this summer's Tokyo Olympic games live starting at 6 55 AM Eastern July 23rd. It'll be followed by the today show three hours of Olympics coverage in the afternoon. And then if you didn't want to get up and watch it and you want to watch it in the old tape delay, they'll rebroadcast it for you, but they're not going to pretend like that's live. Yeah. Remember that moment in the Christopher Nolan film, the prestige when one of the warring magicians has to take his final bow from underneath the stage and let some imposter take all the applause for him and how it ate him up inside and eventually decided, no, I want to go where the real people are applauding for me. And I get the applause at the end. Eventually it eats you out from the inside. And that's why NBC decided, yeah, let's go where the people are. I want people to applaud for us. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it's no candy van, but it's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> no good. No candy van. <laughs> Don't say that three times in a mirror. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Ayaz? You'll be up at uh, six fifty-five to watch this. I-, I am for every Olympics, especially when they're off a year. So why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, history in the making, an off-year Olympiad. WandaVision wraps up on March fifth. Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes to Disney Plus March nineteenth. That leaves. Uh, Friday without either one of them. Disney Plus will fill that gap with a making of WandaVision episode to premiere March 12th. Uh, It'll do a lot of things showing how they recreated all the old television show scenes and all that. This will be the first of a series of behind the scenes of Marvel properties that will all arrive shortly after series finales or theater releases. Um, I, so, so, so we tried on for size, the making of the Mandalorian series, and we watched exactly the first episode. And I think we decided it wasn't for us. I'm going to assume this will be more of the same, but that one gap, I mean, we all watched the first of that Mandalorian series and who knows, maybe, maybe they're tweaking the format. Maybe they're figuring out how to tell stories behind stories better in a way that it'll land with us this time. I think it's gonna be a great little promotional vehicle in the mid, in the mid time. The time between these two shows, you can imagine all the YouTube clips that'll be out. It'll get people interested in the show. If they haven't watched it already, they'll either go rewatch it and say, oh, I didn't notice this. I, I don't think I must. I think of these behind the scenes stuff is almost promos or ads. They're not really like, oh, I really need to see how they color corrected vision. It's like, I don't care. But it, it's a really good way to keep it in your head when it's gone. I I'm more positive about this. Because The Mandalorian, they tried to do an entire separate series. Uh, and and we watched the one with the directors. And other people were like, oh, no, 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 skip that one. Go to this other one. And I was like, I don't know. Now it's getting to be too much. Whereas this is one episode behind the scenes. I'm very curious about the lengths they went to to recreate what really matched the period of the time. So I I, I don't know, Brian. I, I'm, I'm willing to give this one a second chance. For I, sure. I, I think we'll have to because we're enjoying Wand, WandaVision so much. But and there's also so much opportunity to like how great like I would tune in just if you told me they're going to take each se- uh, decades period and show us what it looked like in 60K, uh, uh, you know, or 4K, 60 frames per second, you know, real life and be all like, wow, that's what that looked like? That's insane. Yeah. I, I would love that. Uh, HBO Max announced several adult animation series, including one called Velma, the origin story of Scooby-Doo character Velma, uh, voiced by Mindy Kaling. Uh, they also announced the triumphant return of Clone High from Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, 
Uh, if you remember that aired on MTV 2002-2003. Uh, so two new seasons coming to HBO Max of that as well. Uh, number one, bring back Gandhi. Number two, I'm very skeptical of the Velma situation because she's been so... Um, and I don't mean this necessarily sexually. I mean this uh, uh, emotionally. She's been so fetishized that I'm terrified that it's going to be overly uh, uh, winks and nudges uh, on the inside. I'm curious about the production of it as well, but I was thinking of with the DC Universe show that became the HBO Max show, Harley Quinn. That could have been really, really the same kind of situation, but they kind of took that on head on and made a really strange fun, violent show that does appeal to adults. So I think there's a chance we'll get something similar with Melma. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, if now that you put it that way, I'm a little more hopeful because I was like Brian on the Velma thing. But comparing it to Harley Quinn, if they do it that direction, that could work. There's, there's the magic of Velma is in her mystique, right? So you don't, you don't want to ruin too much of that. Well, and, and to, to, to me, the, the magic of Velma was that she was the only character that didn't have a thing, but carried yeah. herself with this quiet confidence that made all of us infatuated with what her secrets are. And if there's yeah. one thing I know is about Expanded Universe is that giving us dumb answers to the secrets ruins everything. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. So you don't want it to the be like Solo. That's what you not. You don't want that. I actually rather Ryan like Solo, Solo because it didn't <laughs> pretend to be anything other than an expanded universe novel. So no, no last name, huh? Call you Solo. That's why you called that. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait for that. I mean, I didn't have any questions about Han Solo's background. It was like he was a one-note character. You Chewbacca. That's too hard to say. I'm gonna give you a nickname. I didn't need to say this out loud, buddy. If it's like that, if Velma's like this, I'm going to just start flipping tables. It's like, which, which. I swear which, to God, if they explain to us where jinkies came from, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Table flip, I'm out. She, she, she's, she is unnaturally cold all the time. That's where she wears the turtleneck. <laughs> oh, she's got hickeys constantly. That's what it is. But so you didn't have to fetishize it. Come on. That's where the Harley Quinn thing might come in, right? Uh, all right, a few other notes here. The Academy Awards will happen at its latest date ever, April 25th, airing live from multiple locations, including its usual Dolby Theater place where it's been lately, uh, but no word on a host or where any of those other locations will be. Probably taking a tip from the Emmys, which which had guests in satellite locations and a host in one location. Uh, Korean zombie hit movie Train to Busan has named an Indonesian director, Timo Chun. Chajanto to direct a remake for New Line Cinema. Uh, so this is New Line coming in and saying, hey, regional film, we're going to make a big worldwide film, and they're hiring an Indonesian director to do it. Amazon released a full trailer for Invincible. That's the one based on the Robert Kirkman comic. That's coming to Prime Video March 26th. Variety sources say Ronald D. Moore is developing a universe of TV projects to be set in Disney's Magic Kingdom for Disney Plus, so working with the Imagineers at Disney. Norman Lear has two projects in development for Amazon's IMDb TV. One is the comedy Clean Slate, starring Laverne Cox and George Wallace, which originally was supposed to go to Peacock, and the other is called Loteria, set in Mexico and based on the cards. Chappelle's show is back on Netflix. Chappelle says he got his credit and licensing back for the show and got paid for it, and he thanked the fans. He said, I didn't talk to him. You guys stopped watching it, and it worked. Thanks for putting the pressure on Viacom CBS for the deal. HBO is in talks with new writers for a fourth season of True Detective without creator Nick Pizzolatto, and Netflix will launch an anime based on Dota 2 called Dota Dragon's Blood, arriving March 25th. Uh, if you've not seen it, that 10-minute YouTube clip that Netflix released where he announces that thing, it comes from him 
at Stubbs Barbecue. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, at uh, Stubbs Barbecue on the exact stage, Tom, where you drank milk that came out my uh, went in my nose and came out my mouth. Um, uh, it's it's a worthy watch and it's interesting. It's fascinating to watch him the drink. the the video of me drinking the milk. Yeah, is definitely worth watching. Uh, no, no, you should watch. <laughs> oh no, the Chappelle. Video. You should watch also, Chappelle. Also, transcend yeah. stand-up comedian to 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 uh, a shaman. It's like it's it's like he's delivering a sermon. It's really hypnotic. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, also, um, uh, look, I don't know about you guys. I want to be immortal, and if I can't be alive in my flesh, I'd like to be alive in my thoughts and ideas that live on through other younger, more uh, uh, talented people who adhere to my ideals. New sentence. How old do you think Norman Lear is? He's almost a hundred. Yeah. He's, he's about to turn 99. Yeah. Oh man. I thought it was a typo when I was like, Norman Lear has been dead for 20 years. Right? No, it's like, no, no, but, but, but he's, that's, but, but he's like, a machine. I, I'm kind of okay with this because uh, I assume it, you know, by produced by Norman Lear, there's a team that knows Norman Lear's voice so well that they're doing things and he's comfortable lending them his name so yeah. he, in that he, way i'm, I'm is certain that he sits down and says okay if you're going to tell a story uh about a trans woman coming back to alabama and living with her dad uh here's the things the beats you got to hit go get them boys you know like i i take that advice that's gold I, to have norman lear tell me like okay this is how i want to lay out this show and that that's clean slate i think even that is generous um, uh, I, I, I wonder if he's the ones, I wonder if people are coming to him and giving him pitches and he's saying yes and no, which would be enough for me. Uh, uh, well, okay. I, I mean, maybe I, I should have more carefully laid out my Lear example, but I guess what I was trying yeah, to get across was me, Lear sits down and does a consulting session about like, oh yeah, you want to tell that this is the kind of story that I would tell today based on today's realities and and here are some thoughts about how I'd tell it, right? Yes. And I'm I'm weirdly totally okay with it. 100% okay with it. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on Ayaz Akhtar. What have you been watching these days? I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and the channel that's been popping up in the recommendations and I actually really liked it. It's uh Half in the Bag by Red Letter Media. I'm sure everyone knows this this by now because they're fantastic. Brian was doing a a, a an impression earlier on. So I've been watching these movie critic reviews for a long time of the commentators. I don't know what you want to call it, but they pick apart movies and it cracks me up. The There's like a whole storyline involved with why they're stuck in this guy's house, the VCR repairman. I don't understand what that's about at all, but I'm enjoying the heck out of it. It's really smart commentary on really good movies or dumb movies. They don't just rag on everything. That's always kind of nice. When, I, when there's a good movie, they're actually explaining what's what actually made you feel like it was a good movie. There's a lot of really smart commentary in there with a lot of comedy. So that's always fun to get some education, some comedy there. Can't recommend it enough. Half in the bag. What, red Letter uh, Media. If, if for Man, no other uh, reason. Finally, somebody mentioning Red Letter Media on the show. I mean, all right, God, all right, why didn't right. anyone tell us about this before? Um, if for no other reason, uh, I would say give them a try because what I like about them is just when I think I have their number, and I could predict what they'll like or not like. They surprise me in mm -hmm. the most delightful and honest of ways where it's like, like they'll carefully lay out a case why doing X is the worst thing ever. And the movie will do X and they'll say, what did you think? You're like, yeah, I kind of liked it. I don't know why it, it worked for me this time. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Who cares? Yeah. I, I like the fact that not as 
you could they could be really cynical if they wanted to be, but they're not. And I really do appreciate that. Sometimes they have these glowing things to say about some really stupid movies, some really good parts of the movie. So it's kind of opening up my mind a little bit instead of just being like, this is total crap. It's like, no, this is 25% crap. Yeah. And they do try to find the gold in there. What about you, Tom? Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like to give my latest uh, good Korean television recommendation. Brand new show out. I uh, watched the first two episodes this weekend, so it's one that's coming to Netflix as it airs in Korea. So you get a new show uh, probably late Friday night, but basically Saturday and Sunday. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. Uh, this is called Vincenzo. It is about a Korean who was adopted into a mafia family in Italy, became their concierge. And at the beginning of the episode, uh, the Don of the family has passed away and Vincenzo uh, has to return to Korea. Now, I don't want to tell you too much about why he goes to Korea, uh, but when he goes to Korea, he is somehow pulled into a group of, of misfits in a housing development uh, that's going to get uh, bulldozed. Uh, and and somehow finds himself through his own self-interest in the interest of those crazy cast of characters having to defend them against Korean cartels. So it's a little old school Italian mafia takes on the Korean cartel in Korea. It's super fun. Uh, I thought it was going to be more serious than it was. And then I was a little worried when it got silly. And then I loved it. Uh, so if you're if you're looking for another interesting watch and you don't mind subtitles or you speak Korean, uh, check out Vincenzo on Netflix. Hey, so uh, for the past seven days, I don't know if you heard, Texas had a little bit of a winter storm. And um, uh, uh, being uh, one of us had to make sure that the pipes didn't explode at our newly renovated HQ here. So I thought it would be a hilariously simple idea to spend a few days, you know, all hang out. Uh, it'll be great. Um, come day four of cosplaying The Shining as Jack Torrance, I began to fray at the edges, and uh, I'll be damned if for a brief moment, watching 1917 in my first watch party experience with my wife was one of the best moments of the last week. Uh, she had never seen it. I was like, oh my God, I've got to run out and buy it. So I went and bought it, and then we both loaded it up, and it was so fun because I just turned on the, uh, uh, the speakerphone, and I could hear her yelling at the kids, and then all of a sudden my screen would pause, and then I'd hear her leave the room to yell at the kids. I'm like, I have this one moment with your father, and then I would hear her come back, and then I would hear, okay. And then it would start playing again. It was awesome. It was like we were really there together. It was, and by the way, it's a great movie. It holds how, up. How did you do the watch party? Was it through the movies uh, anywhere stuff? Uh, through uh, we, I, I just bought it on Amazon, and oh, Amazon. Uh, we both loaded it. I, I was afraid it was going to do something where it's like, wait, are you both logged in as, as the same person? But it didn't at all. It just let us do the thing. So I liked it a lot. I also see you've been watching more Kim's Convenience. Uh, yes, still enjoying it. Still, it's the best thing. Uh, why is everybody so beautiful in this world? I love it. So It's so wonderful. All right, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, I got a uh, kind of special pick. I think we've covered this before, but we're coming up on covering this on Spoiler in Time. Uh, next week, we're going to be watching two episodes a week of the HBO Max original series, Raised by Wolves. Uh, this is a relatively recent science fiction epic following two androids, mother and father, as they try to raise human children on, on the alien planet Kepler-22b, following the destruction of Earth due to this big religious war. Um, the, the two things that stand out to me about Raised by Wolves is, one, its pacing is, is really fantastic. I think we talked about this last time, but you can pull 
many, many seasons of a show out of just the first few episodes, let alone the entire season. Yeah, they really uh, don't leave anything, uh, you know, uh, on that. Uh, they, they have plenty of good ideas and they want to show you all of them, which I think leans into point two really, really well, uh, which is that uh, uh, it, it's very unique. This is an inspired show. There is always something new going on. Even by the end of the season, you don't really lean too much into a formula or a uh, kind of in a rut. Um, it's a pretty like action-packed um, and, and changing show. You're so right, because even just I've only watched the first two episodes, and yeah. normally you could take just about any show and say it's blank meets blank. Um, two episodes in, I already can't do that for this. It's, right. it's like nothing I've ever seen. It's it's really fa- I'm really excited we're going to do this. I I binged this last year and I'm excited to go back through this on Spoiler in Time. Uh, I think it's great. There are ten episodes of Raised by Wolves streaming now on HBO Max, and you can find it Spoiler in Time over at cordkillers.com. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. Hey Brian. Yo. How are those doghouse systems going? Oh along? my God, they kept me sane. I don't know if you heard, but they were my one link to reality <laughs> during the past winter storm. And we can't thank them enough. If you want to support the show, and look, you're going to have to upgrade your computer at some point. Uh, my 13-year-old has finally gotten into like real gaming. And I see, I like she's not complained yet, but out of the corner of my eyes, I, I see that 15 frames per second as she's playing with all her Minecraft mods enabled or whatever. And I know sooner or later, she's going to, and seriously, don't tell her. Sooner or later, we both know that she's going to ask to move the computer into her bedroom. She's 13. I, I, I intend. I've already got my plan laid out. I'm going to say, sweetheart, I don't think we could do that. But would you like a new high-end gaming system? Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> and so, and I intend to go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Mm. Support the show. Use promo code rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E at checkout. And you'll be keeping us in business. Thanks. Let's move on to the front lines. YouTube TV is going to get an option for 4K streaming of uh, available shows uh, anyway, offline viewing of your DVR recordings and unlimited concurrent streams within your home. So still a limit for the number of people accessing from outside. But if you're all in the same IP address, they're not going to limit your streams anymore. Uh, That's all part of a new add-on package that'll cost you something. We don't know how much yet. Uh, YouTube TV will also offer a discount if you add HBO Max, Showtime, and Stars to the basic package. Uh, the amount you would pay to buy all three channels individually would normally cost you three, uh, th- $35. But if you choose all three, YouTube will charge you $30. So a savings of five bucks. Right, did you ever try the over-the-top service on YouTube? Yeah, I tried. Which service? Uh, well, YouTube TV is the is the over-the-top cable service, right, Tom? Yes, I've tried. That's the one I've tried. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it a lot, uh, but it kept raising the prices to the point where I thought this wasn't necessary and I had enough uh, content coming from other ways. So it was like, I don't need it, but I love the idea of having unlimited uh, concurrent streams in the house because I have so many extra devices that I don't just basically have them as TVs. So why not be able to do that? Yeah. The information sources say Peacock has been talking with Viacom CBS about offering streaming services in a bundle. Imagine something kind of like Paramount Plus, Showtime, and Peacock available in a single discounted price. Um, that sounds familiar. Like um, it's it's like two syllables starts with C. No, um, come on, y'all. Just stop this. I, I hate this. This one really gets me. Gets under <laughs> well, my you skin. Got him now, it's like Brian, you really told all, him. All you we got want him. is no bundles. Him. Oh, <laughs> it was never the bundle. The bundle was not the problem it was that you had no choice it was but the freedom the one you, you're, bundle. you're right you are you are correct and i know i was goading you and i'm sorry <laughs>
Listen, if you can get my goat, which you did, then it's all fair. Absolutely. So please have my goat. My goat is yours. Uh, Donald Glover has signed a deal with Amazon to work on a series of projects, including a series based on the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie with Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Mrs. Smith, I would guess. Actually, I haven't confirmed that. Amazon will reportedly create content channels, actually a content channel to highlight Glover's work as well as other curated content, which I assume they would get Glover to curate. They didn't make that clear either. Uh, if you're worried about Atlanta, Atlanta will continue on at FX. It is approved for seasons three and four, so he'll still be doing that for FX, uh, but also uh, starting new stuff over there at Amazon. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith holds up. I, I We talked about it recently that I rewatched it. I, I'd be so fascinated. Like Donald Glover would have been one of the, uh, like the bottom 500 people that I would have thought of. You wouldn't have <laughs> like, guessed is what yeah, you're trying exactly, to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, luckily I'm not casting. Uh, Disney announced that it has reached more than 146 million streaming co- subscribers across all of its streaming services. Disney Plus has 94.9 million. Hulu has 39.4 million. What a leapfrog. And ESPN Plus has 12.1 million. Overall, it's an increase of 100 million subscribers in a year. Netflix last reported a total of 207, uh, 203.7 million global subscribers. I don't know, guys. Uh, I asked Tom. I've, I've, I've gone on the record by saying that Pepsi will never overtake Coke. I might, be, I, I might have to eat those words. Essentially, it's because Netflix walked that they can Disney can run. This is insane the way they've added so many subscribers, but they do have a multitude of platforms with ESPN and Hulu on top of it. So they have a really great strategy of serious shows go on Hulu because that's too adult, and then they go all the family friendly stuff Disney Plus. We'll, we'll see when they it's all switched up, but they really people understand streaming now. This is this yeah. is amazing. I mean, tweak those numbers with adding Hotstar, which was already very popular. Uh, gives them a little bit of a of a of a head start that they wouldn't have had otherwise, but let's be honest, ninety four point nine million just for Disney Plus, even with adding in Hotstar, uh, getting within forty six eh, fifty million of of Netflix, right? Uh, well, more than more like if we're only counting Disney Plus, I guess getting within one hundred four million of 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 Netflix in this amount of time, that's impressive. Yeah. Discovery announced that its Discovery Plus streaming service has passed 11 million paying subscribers, which, okay, we put this right after the Disney Plus story. It's really unfair, but 11 million is really good. Discovery just launched on January 4th. Uh, They had projected 11 million by the end of March. If you remember, Discovery Plus uh, cost you $5 a month or $7 a month if you don't want ads. And uh, what a strong library. Uh, We've talked about that before. HBO Max will make a Cartoon Network its core family brand by producing more kids and family content. And HBO Max has ordered new shows, specials, and movies from Ben 10, Teen Titans Go, The Amazing World of Gumball, among others. Warner Media also plans to launch HBO Max across 39 Latin American and Caribbean markets in June. HBO branded services in the Nordic countries, uh, Spain, uh, Central Europe and Portugal will be upgraded to HBO Max later this year. If you heard an UG, that was a, a, a mistake uh, uh, that a father who has to watch a lot of Teen Titans Go made. I don't think it's that bad. All right. Well, there we go. Let's get to the dispatches from the front. Jason wrote in, hi, all, as we continue to fracture into many services, how do I keep track of what service has my shows? I have a Roku. I subscribe to Netflix. 
Amazon Prime, Apple TV+, Disney+, and HBO Max. I also watch movies on Vudu. I know there are phone apps, but I want it right on my TV. I'm forgetting what service has the show I am in the middle of, and it's frustrating. Outside of Netflix, does the Apple TV keep track of all the others in the Up Next feature? Uh, short answer, Jason. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I have yet to run into anything besides Netflix that doesn't show up there. Uh, I have not seen a similar feature in Roku. Uh, yeah, I, I think Jason hit on a point here. Some people don't want to pick up their phone to figure out where something is. Secondly, you can go into Roku and search and it will tell you like, oh, this is available from this app. But that isn't even what Jason wants. Jason says, I'm watching a show. I want it to just tell me this is the next episode. Let me click it and not have to figure out what app it's in. And that is what Apple TV Plus does. Oh, that's interesting. Because, not Plus, uh, just Apple, the Apple TV app. Sure, sure, so. sure. Uh, well, he asked, uh, when he asked, how do I keep track of what service has my shows? Um, uh, what I thought is, is he was talking about the plate spinning act you have to do of like, I've got this subscription and that subscription and so on. In which case, uh, my recommendation is always, uh, number one, go ahead and use burner cards for all of that stuff. Um, there are services out there. Um, uh, if you want to, I'm not even going to mention which one. Uh, I, I think he means what service has what show. Sure. In which case go to, here's what I say. Uh, uh, uh always pay with a burner card every three months, let everything run out. Uh, and then the moment you want a thing, go to justwatch.com, say, where's the thing and then go buy it. And then you'll end up spending less money and you'll feel like you just have everything that you want. Well, Brian Lucas in Denver, Colorado, has some thoughts along these lines. He says, I know this is something you discuss frequently, so I thought I'd share my solution. I cut the cord a couple of years ago when I canceled Comcast and subscribed to DirecTV Now. This was just a few months before they completely trashed the packages and made them more like DirecTV. That sent me to YouTube TV when it was $50 a month and I bought an Apple TV for the best experience. I try not to have too many streaming services because the cost adds up. I try to limit myself to a month or two of any service where I watch all the shows I want and then cancel. The exceptions that I always have are Amazon Prime, because it's part of my prime service already and Netflix because they always have something to watch. Then COVID happened. We've added HBO max when it launched for the deal. My wife bought a new iPhone, which includes Apple TV plus we moved into a new house and got Peacock premium as part of our internet service. Then we added the Hulu Disney plus ESPN bundle to watch Hamilton and soul. And finally we got CBS all access and showtime in a bundle to watch the stand. My wife and I watch mostly primetime network TV and a couple of cable shows. Also, we don't watch any sports. I threw this all into an Excel spreadsheet and boom, my cord cutting cable package is nearly $135 a month, which is actually still lower than the average cable bill, but all right. He said, I did some analysis and number crunching and figured out the best way to get things under control was to cancel YouTube TV. All I had to do was buy a Hoppage 4 tuner card for my PC and subscribe to PlexPass. I have all my live local channels with a better DVR than any streaming service, and I'm going to save more than 60 bucks a month. After the first year, where I am counting the tuner card, I finished with an overall savings of $658 a year, more than enough to buy that occasional series I can't get on any of my services. So tying right into what Brian was recommending. Oh, and up my cord killer's Patreon contribution rate. Thank you, Brian. Oh, man, want to talk about burying the lead? What was that? Uh, you, should, you should have started with that last part. Uh, speaking of our, of our patrons, uh, uh, we love you guys so very much. Of course, uh, we do a segment called After Talk. Uh, we did get one email from somebody saying, hey, man, 
man. What are you doing on After Talk? I like it when you talk about a wide variety of topics, and now you're just talking about this one show. Uh, you're right. Our mission is to give you general content and not a bunch of navel-gazing. We'll try to be better. We listen to our bosses. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, boss. And thank you, Ayaz Akhtar. Uh, if folks want to find more of what you got going on out there, where should they go? Well, the number one place you got to go see me right now is youtube.com slash spite kitchen. It's a project I've been working on. I'm trying to get somebody else to do their own video series. I hate cooking and you can see that I hate cooking and the shows are getting increasingly worse. The last episode is about baking a potato. It takes over three <laughs> hours to watch the video, but don't, don't fret their time codes. If you want to skip around, go watch that. It's got some good stuff. In I'm sorry, there. Are you trying to cook it with a stage light? Is that what this, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. You have to this watch is the amazing. Video. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And during it, I there's somebody reciting all the lyrics of Vanilla Ice's songs. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Goodness. But it is, it is, I've heard that the person I'm trying to get to do the show uh -huh. is motivated, but I'm going to keep doing this until the other channel exists. Otherwise, I'm at Ayaz on Twitter, I-Y-A-Z. So I'm all over there. Go check it out, folks, uh, and watch all three hours of uh, Studio Light Bake a Potato. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack, also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will talk to you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons you know what i love them more than not life itself because then i'd be dead and i couldn't appreciate them but really 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 close and i'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen thank you so much to all of our five dollar a month patrons you guys are wizards you're champions you, you're heroes Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>